0: don't
1: quit before the miracle happens.
2: Hey, we're that effective character. three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike.
1: Hey, I'm Dennis.
2: James Wow, Dennis is so cheery. What's going I, on? He's either mocking I, I, me.
1: I, I was trying. I was a little bit mocking you. I was trying to match your enthusiasm.
2: Yeah, no, you're being an asshat. It's okay. Make it you make it. Make it till you make
0: it. Make it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on staying away from the first drink in this episode 89 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go.
1: Woohoo! Gentlemen! Oh you calling me an ass hat with like your opinion, right? I don't have to take that as a fact and internalize it for the rest of the day.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, you can take it take it where you want. You can shove it where you know the sun don't shine. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'll
1: shove it in my hat,
2: you know. Is was ass hat created uh by Dwayne the Rock Johnson when he used to be a wrestler? I feel like it was something he would have said.
1: Was it? I don't know.
0: You isn't, long ass hat, isn't ass hat just a pair of underwear? I
2: think so, yeah. Like if you do what <laughs> Beavis and Butthead did back in the day when they were doing Mr. Conjolio.
1: See, see, I pictured it as an ass shaped hat that goes on your head.
0: Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> that that would
2: be a legitimate ass hat, yeah. Yeah,
0: that, yeah. that would actually work. correct the
1: record of all. Of all- all this, uh, all this smack y'all give me for cursing, we just said the word ass like 50 times in the first 30 seconds of this thing. That's,
2: that's really fine, though. I think it's okay. I don't know if that's a curse, is it? It's I a think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Snoop Dogg can sing about it in his songs, does that make it a swear? I think it makes sense. Yes, because
1: okay. they curse all the time. And Snoop Dogg curses
0: all the time. I think it's like, okay. Jesus. I think if it's okay.
1: If you wouldn't say it to your five-year-old children, then it's probably not Oh, Oh, yeah. That's
2: true. And you know what? You know what I just started doing? I don't know what turned the corner. I think it's because Livia's vocabulary is becoming so much that now, the last, I would say, two months, I feel incredibly uncomfortable anytime there's words that are not good anywhere within earshot of her. And like i've been more conscious of it so even podcasts that i listen to i make sure to save the clean ones when she's in the car so like the ones that i know there's nothing that uh so as soon as she gets in i'm like oh gotta switch my podcast over to something else so she won't be able to listen to this episode dennis
0: sorry
1: i don't i don't blame her
2: yeah uh james i know you're a vis- very busy man i want to start with you the last week check in how things are and you are on the move today
0: i am on the move and i have a, i have a confession i i completely forgot about the podcast this morning and um oh, I, I, I always bring my my airpods with me um because it's just you know, quality and um I, right when I was leaving my house because I'm going to run some errands, I got a text from Mike. I was like, "Oh, Mike! Oh, Mike!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh boy!" Are like, you I'm
2: are you think. on a t- are you on a time restraint today? Because we can. No, definitely... not at all.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm. What I um I'm running to to the printers because um my uh my company that I work for the restaurant they um two months ago they started uh asking me if I would do like the the little promotional posters uh for in in-house just personal to our restaurant right so at first I would do like you know like a scrapbook I would cut out p- pictures and you know but that's because that's what they were doing and I was just like oh maybe that's how I want it and I, I thought to myself wait a minute what am i doing I'm like I can make professional looking professional posters, like, and have them printed and have them look like they're, you know, hundreds of dollars. So I started doing that last year, and I did one for Mother's Day, and this year for Father's Day. I actually did it yesterday, and uh, he said that he needed it, you know, ASAP because the vice president of our company was coming in, and he wanted everything to be perfect. And um, Now they do pay me for this per hour and I get to pick my schedule and I don't have to be like a, like a a key manager at the restaurant. Like this is my way of working as a key, like at home on fun stuff. Wow. So so it's pretty cool. It's, it's a good gig. And, um, yesterday I, I, I printed all of it or I I sent it to CVS and it said, okay, pick it up by this time. I went to CVS. You know, I just went shopping. I had ice cream in the car, um, which I shouldn't have done, but whatever. It turned out it was okay at the end after I refroze it. But I went there, and, and they're like, and CVS are like, yeah, we didn't get anything. And then the lady's like, oh, wait, what's this on the floor? And she found my order on the floor. Ugh. And she, and she was like, I was wondering what this was. Like, <laughs> earlier. And I was just like, oh, God. So I was a little frustrated right off the bat. She's like, okay, well, the man, let me call the manager. The manager came, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, uh, we didn't get the order. Resubmit it. So I was like, oh, okay. Luckily, I had it on my phone, but I had no service on my phone. So things just started going, you know, not the best. Finally, uh, I resubmitted it because I drove down the street where I had service, came back. They're like, oh, it needs ink. So they started putting ink in. Twenty minutes go by. The guy's like, "Yeah, we 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 put in a service call. It'll be ready in a couple days." I was like, "You guys suck." Oh. And uh, so I went home. I put in an order for staples, and I had it rushed ordered. And it's like, "Fine, it'll be ready the next day in the morning." And um, but I did not cancel my CVS order. And I told Dennis that this morning, and Dennis has said, "Why not?" I was like, "Cause I was bitter." Oh. <laughs> And it was, it's a, anyways, I got an email from CVS this morning, your posters are ready. Then, like an hour later, I got the uh, from Staples and it's ready, right? So, to make a long story short, I was like, oh no, I paid for one, I haven't paid for the other. What do I do? I, I will, I texted I was like, hey, Scott, um, would you like two copies of the poster or just one? And he's like, two. I was like, yes, that's so perfect. So instead of telling him, like, yeah, I kind of made a mistake and I ordered two, I asked him first and was going to work on that. So everything, everything's coming up JJ. And I'm JJ. And now you know the story. And I'm going to pick up the prints right now. That was a long story. Wow.
1: well the real question is, is since when are you JJ? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're
2: losing a little bit of them.
1: Uh, he didn't like my question, I guess. No.
2: No, JJ, you're still
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> JJ. <laughs> Don't leave us, JJ. He didn't
2: like it. You're you're coming in and out. What JJ, uh, disconnect and reclick that link and you can jump back in cuz I it, it just whenever you get to where you're getting to safely. And we'll catch up with Dennis uh, while you're doing that. Dennis, how's the last week been?
1: Um, it's been pretty good, I guess. a little bit of moments of anxiety. Um, our friend from Pennsylvania was down. He went to Disney with his family, Mike F. And he, nice. had he shared his story on our podcast. So I hung out with him a couple of days. He came to the morning meeting. So that was cool. I uh, went uh, on Saturday. I actually stayed in the morning meeting, and it was my first meeting since January that I sat through the whole one. So that was good.
2: Now, what made you do that? Because it had been since January, you said. So what's that, five months?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was like that particular morning, I was feeling all right. I was in a good mood and stuff like you were there and stuff. Yeah. So like it came time to like that. The meeting was started and I was like, you know what? Let me just grab a chair, sit by the door and see how long I could sit there. And so I stayed the whole meeting. So it was good. It was a little, little step outside. The there was, comfort a, lot of, was a
2: lot of people in that meeting too. Did that make a difference? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I would think it would, but that particular day it didn't. You know, like I would yeah. think I'd be more comfortable with less people, because typically I am. But like I don't know, that was just uh, the stars aligned or whatever that day. You know. Yeah. And, and it was good. So. Yeah. Nice. I'm also, in it- talks with possibly starting up another meeting, like bringing the pool meetings back in town. And, uh, helping our friend Jerry out with that. So that's interesting.
2: Nice. And it'll be in the, the, the and that meeting hasn't been going on the last year plus, right? Since the pandemic started? Yeah.
1: yeah. Since COVID started. Yep.
2: Yeah. It's still so, ama- amazing to me because like our home group has been reopened for the last year. Yeah. Um, and around the country there are so many meetings i mentioned before like every meeting that i went to in vermont they're talking about july being when they will reopen and they've been shut down for almost a year and a half at that point you know cool. yeah. and just how fortunate we are that there are in person meetings if people need that and there's a lot of people new in sobriety um that have come in and have never been to an in-person meeting. There was somebody at the meeting that uh, the first meeting you went back to in person, uh, Dennis, that shared about that, that had been yeah. to, I don't know what she said, maybe eight virtual meetings. And that would have been the first in-person.
1: Yeah. There have been several people like that that have, that I know of personally that have got sober online during the pandemic and Zoom and, it's a completely different experience I think like yeah it's fascinating though it's it's good to know that it can work though you know what I'm saying oh, aa yeah. is strong enough and like resourceful enough that like if you want help you can you can get it you know if you put the mm-hmm. effort in
2: Yeah I mean it's probably not a perfect comparison but it's kind of like somebody that is on a diet and you talked about last week James that during the pandemic you were able to uh, you know, get fit, lose weight and, uh, you know, get accolades from your doctor for getting healthy and how things changed. Cause over that year you went from, you know, there were weeks and months of you not going into work and then also um, having to have a different eating cycle when you actually went back to work, you know, and you You have to be able to, I mean, don't we get sober so you can actually go anywhere, you know, uh, on the good days and and be able to experience anything, you know, you don't have to just stay in your house and go, oh, I can't go out to eat because then I'm going to eat bad stuff. You know, oh, I can't go to this place because, you know, they serve alcohol, you know, almost every place has alcohol nowadays. So you wouldn't be able to go. To so many, uh, whether it's a concert or seeing any performances, or anything out in the public, that, you know, um, and that kind of uh, – my my last week has been good. I talked to uh, talked to Dennis uh, when we got started, James, and how he had the perspective that I've only been listening to podcasts pretty much 95% of the time in the last five years since I've been – in Florida because last week was my five-year anniversary of moving to Florida and I just filled my mind with whether it's uh, AA podcasts or messages and inspiration and I just this past week started listening to music again for pleasure and not just work and I'm like what have I been missing out on you know like in my car I only listen to podcasts and messages and it's oh, yeah. kind of. I don't know. You don't it, like. I get into ruts. I don't know about you guys. Where, um, say it's movies. I will only watch, like Marvel movies. Like I got into a Marvel, um, thing the last couple weeks, watching the uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon series, and then I just binge watched. I know I kind of did in reverse. Wandavision, and. I uh, am excited. Did you, did you like
1: Wanded Vision?
2: Um, so, I have the last episode that I'm watching today. Okay. Um, and, but, yeah, I thought it was good. I honestly, um, I didn't know where it was going in the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started making sense. And I'm sure it kept, like, flipping. They introduced, uh, what's her name, Agnes something or other. Yeah, um, Ag- or Agatha, uh, I don't know. I I I'm bad with the name now, but they introduced that character, like the witch character, and I'm like, wait, now is she the bad guy? So um, uh, but I get so.
1: It was Agatha like, all along.
2: Yeah, and it's like in my head, I get so obsessed with stuff, and I'm like, maybe I need to, uh, take a more like a, a buffet than a place that only serves this and i was only serving up you know podcasts to myself and just getting uh, that messaging that i'm trying to see uh i don't know maybe going back to music that served me well when i was growing up maybe i'll be able to evolve differently because i feel like i've been outside of my recovery the exact same person the last you know, four and a half years listening to the same podcast and not changing that, you know, as much. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm similar in the in the sense that like I'll like get obsessed with things. So like right now, I I, for the last several or a few years, I've been obsessed with Minecraft. So that's literally the only video game I play. I don't play any other ones, just that one. But with like movies and stuff, I'll go through phases, kind of like you said, like, hey, I'm gonna watch all the superhero movies to learn all about the superhero movies and then i go through like period pieces and stuff like that but it's good to like i like finding new things you know
0: Find like, like,
1: <laughs> that's a great movie i mean a few months ago i went through the disney and watched all the disney films like very pleasurable
2: yeah, Does does everybody do that or is that something that uh, I, I, I always do this in my head? I'm like, is that something that more people in recovery identify with or is everybody doing?
1: I don't know. Maybe I it goes along with out. the binging.
0: <laughs> what can I you tell watch. me, James? Pandemic. So it not to marvel and it's
2: been perfect just wonderful yeah well so it's at least something we can identify with
0: um yes and that's
2: that kind of brought me up to our topic i went through the topics that we had the last little bit and it had been a while since we touched on something early in the program and uh, like i mentioned a couple minutes ago there was a newcomer at the meeting that uh, our, our in-person home group that Dennis and I were at this past weekend who was new, you know, in her first 30 days. And there was a lot of new topics uh, or, or early sobriety, I guess, uh, things mentioned. And it brought me up to staying away from the first drink, which was a slogan that I first, I think it was my fourth meeting that was brought up. And I wanted to ask you guys to kind of go back because you're about to celebrate both of you uh, four years, right? Is it next week or the week after?
1: Uh I don't know exactly what week it is, but it's it's soon. What's your so date? The, the mine's the sixth, James is the fourth. Or okay. JJ's is the fourth.
2: Okay.
0: So, it's so a, well it's the second
1: the, the second.
2: second so james yes. james is this week
1: oh you're 4 days ahead of me
2: yeah so so james, oh, yeah. so by the by the time the next week comes we will have uh, we'll be celebrating really both of yours in that week so i want to see if we could go back in time and talk about staying away from the first drink uh, james can we start with you like I sent a couple questions your way, um, like what's been your experience with control drinking and if you ever got
0: drunk without intending to
2: when you used to. Uh, uh,
0: Thank you. Oh, can I get a receipt? Email? Okay. Yes, you can get a receipt.
1: (laughs) You want a receipt for the first drink or for the whole (laughs) tab?
0: Uh, Dennis,
2: why don't you start, and then we'll go to James.
0: <laughs> that sounds <okay>. good. Oh. <laughs> hey, I remember. And life, life doesn't stop for no one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, guys. I remember
1: uh, before I like whenever I was still drinking and drinking like every day, I would go to the bar like every night because I worked in a restaurant, so when I got off like where I worked is like the party district. So there's just bars and nightclubs. So that was like the lifestyle that we lived. We'd go to work and then we'd go to the bars and the clubs after. And I remember like I was drinking every day, so day. There'd be times where I'd be like, okay, I'm only going to have like three drinks and then I'm going to go home. But then that never worked. You know, I'd still be there until the bar closed and, and be shit face drunk and stuff. And that happened all the time um i also remember when i was starting to quit drinking and smoking and stuff i really did try the controlled drinking where i would like okay i'm only gonna have a glass of wine and i'd use my willpower to like only drink that one glass of wine and I was, I did it. I was successful. I was able to like just drink one glass of wine. The only problems were that like, you know, where most people sit there and drink that one glass of wine and enjoy it and enjoy the conversation and the dinner and stuff like that. I would drink that one glass of wine, but my mind would be focused on just drinking that one glass of wine and like not having another, even though I wanted one. And Blah, blah, blah So it wasn't like I was enjoying it or anything. Um, but then also it like, you know, you could do that so long. And then one day I decided, oh, I'm going to have, okay, I'll have two glasses. Okay. I'll just have one bottle of wine. And then, you know, then eventually it's off to the racing. So it like definitely didn't work you know, in a control aspect of it for me.
2: Yeah. Was it was there a time where you you remember having, you know, I mean, if there's more than one just pick through uh, where you ever got drunk and you didn't intend to.
1: Well, I mean, I think that happened all the time in the sense of like, OK, I'm only going to have three drinks because I don't want to get like shit face drunk. You know, I want to not do that. Then there'd be times where I'd go out not intending to get drunk, but then there's alcohol there you know it would happen at like birthday parties like kids birthday parties or like anywhere so it's like it wasn't where like okay i'm not gonna get drunk today i make the declaration and then i try my hardest to fight it it would be like i'm not planning on drinking or whatever but then if it was there then yeah of course i'm gonna drink you know that makes sense
0: yeah i can i can talk to that um you know, towards the end, um, you know, you guys know that my wife and I drank together. And we would drink these um, Bud Light Strawberitas, right? <laughs> and uh, we, would, um, we would go to the casino and we would put the, it was like a red drink. So we would stop by several and get two big gulp cups and fill it with ice and fill it with drinks. That way we'd have something to walk around with in the casino, and, you know, we were drinking and driving. We were just all sorts of mischief and mayhem. But, um, you know, it wasn't enough for me. I always had to go get those little cinnamon whiskeys, fireballs, and I had to pour, like, two of those little shooters inside the Bud Light, so, like, I couldn't get drunk quick enough. Um, But the thing was, um, I, I had a limit, and and. My uh, my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she said, all right, you can get five, but you, you can't have more than that. Because she knows like there was um there was a time where once I crossed over, like I was making calls to the drug dealer and I was I was trying to get more messed up as fast as I could. And so I was like every time I would promise her, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna this is it, I'm only gonna have these five. And, um, and I, myself, I was like, I knew that I was only going to have those five in my mind. And like 80% of the time, I would always have more. Every single time, I would always make that call. And I was always, you know, putting myself and her in danger because I could not, I could not keep to my word. I, you know, once that, that got in my system, it was just, there was no fighting it. Like, I did that over and over again, and it's just insane. It's just insanity. And um, I'm so glad I don't have to live like that anymore. I can't tell you how many times I've put myself in danger, where I'm pretty sure that there was undercover police officers, like, that gave me a pass. Like, man, this guy is, he doesn't know how bad he's, he's in danger right now. Let's just let him go. <laughs> but anyways, that's what I have to say about that.
2: Yeah, thank you, James. It's, uh, it is. It's, it's tough. The controlled drinking, I was able, and I think I, I've probably talked about it before in the last year and a half, uh, I tried to quit drinking and and was able to do it for three weeks because I made a complete fool of myself, and I was a very emotional drinker and would <laughs> – get really nasty about my boss at the time who was my then uh girlfriend's father uh who turned into my fiance and then uh wife and now ex-wife uh I would always have such an issue when I was drinking about how I was being treated unfairly and then I couldn't talk about it anymore because it was becoming a fight. So I, I just stopped and I was bearing my emotions down and without even saying anything, I would get so drunk that I would just be like bawling. So we'd be watching TV and I would be not really hiding my drinking, but I would be making my drinks in the kitchen and then coming back and I would be making them in these massive cups. And like, I remember uh, having wine and I would never, ever, get a regular bottle because that was useless. It was useless having a regular bottle of wine because the price is so much better if you get a bigger bottle. And so I would get the biggest one, I would put it over ice. And there was one afternoon where we had gotten, I don't know if it was an engagement party or what we had a party and everybody brought over a bottle of wine. And we had something like 15 bottles in uh, the, I know what it was. Uh, I was gifted a bunch for Christmas and then we had a bunch of other bottles. So we had these miscellaneous wines and my girlfriend at the time said she wasn't interested in having any and she didn't like that one and this one and this one. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to have them then. I'm going to have them all today. And I had five bottles of wine and in my head, I'm like, but really, as far as handles go, that's only like two, you know, and I was just so drunk that she told me that I had a problem and that was still three years before I went into my first AA meeting. But I tried quitting drinking, controlled drinking um, by abstaining for three weeks And that was a very painful, agitated, I don't think the first day, but then day two straight through the next, you know, two and a half weeks was really, was really terrible. And I remember just getting pissed off at the littlest thing. And that's when I know and I started to feel that the first rank does call the second and the third because after the three weeks was up, I'm like, Oh, I was able to control it. I'm good. I started feeling different when I started drinking again. And I don't know if there's some science behind it, but you know, they say, you know, um, if you go into AA meetings, it will ruin how you think about drinking. Cause you know, it's a, it's a new education. And I guess for me, I'm fortunate that I tried the controlled drinking before I went to my first uh, meeting. So that way I could see the difference because that three weeks that I did was the first time since I was 21 that I even did any controlled drinking. So at that point it was six years. I hadn't gone three weeks without having a drink. I don't even know if I went three days in between 21 and 27. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to do that because I started seeing different, you know, as far as how things work out like that. Um, is there anything you guys want to uh, talk about as far as how to stay away? Once you once you did get sober, did you find? certain things or experiences drawing you towards a drink whether it was a poster or like a memory that you had or even if somebody was sharing um an experience they had with drinking like romanticizing the drink
1: um i think like the only like really temptation because when i got sober it was it was really bad like with my anxiety and depression and not leaving my house and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I was really set on it of not drinking and not having like a good image of it. But there was a, for a little bit there, there was a little period of where after I was already sober or whatever, where I'd look, I'd see a bottle of wine and I think about like, wow, it's like a beautiful night. It'd be great to like sit out on the, on the porch and then just, enjoy a glass of wine and like you know like you see in the movies or wreaking advertisement or something but then quickly without entertaining it it turned to well like that's that wouldn't happen because that's not what i did i never did that you know so it's i was able to like brush it off quickly or whatever but yeah. yeah james JJ.
2: Yeah, I can hear you a little bit. It's coming in and out.
1: Now, <laughs> you, we might need. You to sound read like an old speaking spell.
2: We might. <laughs> uh we might have oh, to end gone. it with you and I, Dennis. Okay. So let's. Well, let's talk. So. I distinctly remember it wasn't one of the worst, most embarrassing moments that I had is funny because it also, uh, when I moved to town five years ago, uh, I was a year and a half in sobriety, and I would still have moments where I'd be so resentful walking around Epcot if you've never been to Epcot. They have the area that's like the world showcase. And there's something that some people know about, which is like drinking around the world, which yep. is you, ha- you have a drink at every single stop. And I did that once when I was in the throes of my addiction and was already sneak drinking, drinking in my car and having that moment. Um, there was an embarrassing situation where I drank around the world and then we were on vacation with another couple who they were definitely not taking their inventory, but they drank just like me. So if I'm an alcoholic, like w- we were, we were the same as far as how we drank. Just like there was really nothing normal about it. Sneak drinking, you name it. And this couple and I and my then wife. We drank around the world, the fireworks went off, and then the only reservation we could make was to a Cuban restaurant, Bongo's. Um, and at Bongo's, it was owned by uh, Glory Estefan's husband and her. And loud Cuban music, everything else. So we went from drinking around the world to then having to run to different buses and everything to get to Disney Springs to make the reservation from Epcot. And it was just a madhouse from bus to bus to when your adrenaline goes up and you're already drunk, it gets confusing. So we went to the restaurant and I got lost when trying to use the bathroom at the restaurant. And I stepped back outside to get my, you know, uh, bearings together so I knew which direction the table was at. And I didn't have my phone because I left my phone at the table. And when I tried to enter again, they said I was too drunk to get in. So I was alone in Florida on vacation without and I'm like I got to get in there. So I ran past the waitress. Oh no. Me, and I did like a side shuffle like I was trying to like, you know, like a basketball player would try to like get to the hoop. So I did this thing with my hands like, "Uh-oh." Oh, and Because of where she was located right next to a table, she tripped and fell back onto the table like you would see in a movie. And I sprinted past her and got away from her and finally got back to the table that I was at. I put my sweatshirt on and I hid out thinking that I was going to get in trouble for it. And long story long, I did not (laughs) get arrested. Should I have? I I, I looked like a crazy person. I was running around this place and then we left there before I got in trouble. And I woke up the next day absolutely humiliated because, you know, my uh, wife at the time was so embarrassed and she's like, you know, the other couple that was drunk, they were more with it than I was. And I still, when I moved to town three years later, even though I was sober at that time, I would go around the World Showcase and I would still see people drinking and be so resentful, even though that was terrible. That was one of the worst nights and I felt so humiliated the morning after. But still, my head would go there. And it takes a while to realize that, you know, I'm grateful today. I'm not that guy anymore. I don't need to see a picture of a, a bottle of beer with... You know, the condensation, the sweat dripping from the bottle. That's not going to make me thirsty for that anymore. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, I used to have that memory. Yeah. I used to, like, do the drinking around the world thing, too. And I would start in Canada, and like, in the afternoon and make my way around. And by the time nightfall comes, I'd be in Mexico at the tequila bar, like, pretty much blacked out and it's just crazy. I did that multiple times. And like, but now because of the whole like image that I have with alcohol, it's more negative than positive. I don't like without the romanticizing. Now I go to Epcot and I see, you know, you, you walk around the world and then you like, I'd get to like England or something and see the like college students, like already drunk. Like it's like, two o'clock in the morning and they're not even halfway around the world yet. And it's, I just feel bad for them I'm Like, Oh man, they're going to have a rough night. <laughs> and it, it's a different perspective. I don't like get the jealousy of it. It's like, I get the, the, the sympathy for it. It's like, damn, I, I know how that ends. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad I, <laughs> glad I, uh, you know, have that image of what the reality is. Well, yeah. um, so, well, this was fun. James was a little in and out, but I'm glad we got his message on, uh, on the first yeah. piece of it. Well,
1: before we go, I think yeah. we, to, to prevent this from being a complete dialogue, I think we should, like, mention a couple of the tools that help us stay away from the first string in the sense of, like, you know, when the sponsor tells you to call an alcoholic every day, like, one of the main purposes for that is to, one, build up the fellowship But it's also to get us used to that when we have that craving for a drink or in a situation, we're comfortable with picking up the phone and calling someone that we know. And then also, like, having a way out. Like, if you have to go to a party or have to go to a wedding or something like that, where there will be alcohol or whatever, have a way out. Drive yourself so that you can leave and let your close friends and family know what the situation is. And then also, like, bring another alcoholic if you have to go somewhere from it, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, that stuff really helps.
2: That's a great point. Like knowing that you're not alone in it, something that I did and, and you just brought me back to it. I went to my first wedding, um, sober when I was what I was about a year and a half sober, a little under maybe. And, uh, went to a wedding in Gettysburg for one of my friends and they, it was the very first time that I had been in a situation where everyone else was drinking their champagne with the toast, and they came around with the champagne bottle and they were asking to fill up. And my sponsors, like, well, if it's a setting like that, they're gonna know. With the, you're not gonna have to have a conversation of no, I don't, I, I'm not drinking any champagne. And then the other people at the t- table of strangers. It's usually, you know, each table has like eight people. They said, just flip your wine glass over and odds are they will come over with sparkling cider or whatever, you know, and fill it up with that. And they will know. And I'm like, no way, because I'd never heard of such a thing. And I did it. And wouldn't you know that I didn't have to have that conversation because... Having that conversation for me at that point, today it doesn't matter. But at that point, early in sobriety, it would have made me feel less than. uh, Like I couldn't do something everybody else is. It made me resentful. uh, And made me feel like special in a not special way um, that wasn't healthy. So I did that and it was great. And I also, uh, because I didn't want to bring my big book uh, in. And now they have apps that you can get that have it all in there. But I snapped pictures of a couple stories in the back of uh, the big book um, that I read in the bathroom and everything else and just on my phone. So it just looked like I was looking at something on my phone. Um, And that was great. Also texting. I had a a fellowship text just like with with you, Dennis, and James. So Mm -hmm. you can go anywhere, you know. And you don't have to worry about that first rank because – it's not just you that has been in that situation. It's it's thousands and thousands of other people that you know have shared their stories.
1: Indeed. So, um, yeah. So
2: that's that's about it, though. Anything else you want to uh, drop in, Dennis?
1: No, I think they covered it. Maybe JJ has okay. something to say. JJ. JJ? He left us.
2: No, nope. no, JJ. Okay.
0: No, well, JJ. Well,
2: he'll be back, and so will we next Thursday, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode ninety. Where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, call your sponsor before your first drink, not after. And we'll see you next time.
0: Woohoo!